That was the big tying drive in the game. It's a preseason football game, but as we do morning after every Packers football game, it's Monday morning quarterback. Greg Matzik is off today. Joining me in studio, Jeff Falconio. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. So preseason games are always kind of one of those ventures where you can kind of walk in and out of the room if you're watching at home and uh, sample it as you might. But uh, for preseason football, it was entertaining. I thought in the first half, Packers had a lead going into, into halftime. The rest of it, uh, maybe not so much. Yeah, I think it was your typical fourth preseason game. Um, had some nice offense in the first half. We knew we were going to see the Tim Boyle for a pretty long time, and you know, obviously both backup quarterbacks. And then you get into the second half, and more specifically into the fourth quarter. And if, if you were paying attention to the players that were out on the field, I mean, a lot of those guys weren't even bubble guys. I mean, these are going to be the practice squad guys. The guys are going to be cut. But Mike McCarthy always likes to try and play as many guys as possible, try and get as many guys to get something on film, not just for the Packers, but for the other 31 teams that are going to be filling their rosters and practice squads this weekend. So, you know, typical fourth preseason game. I think as we know by now with the preseason, it's not really about – you know, win, win loss records. It's not about, I think, even overall team performance. It's about individual performances. And, you know, we saw some good ones last night and we saw some good ones throughout the preseason. And we can't, we can't uh, do the show this morning without talking about the big contract news. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers now signed big, big deal, historic deal for the Packers and the NFL. Your, your takeaway from that, not a surprise. No, not at all. I think we knew a deal was going to be done and, and the benchmark was set with Matt Ryan getting $30 million a year. I think we knew that it was going to eclipse that. So you thought, okay, $32 million somewhere in there ended up being a little bit more than that a huge amount of guaranteed money up front he's going to get 80 million dollars by st patrick's day so he can buy the first round of drinks as far as i'm concerned <laughs> tough to be aaron Rodgers. yeah absolutely um so you know a lot of guarantees front loaded and, and really i think it was you know we kind of had an idea of years and and you know per year salary but it was going to come down to the incentives the guaranteed money uh, as well and it's amazing that 14 months ago andrew luck signed what was at the time the most lucrative contract for quarterbacks. He's now the eighth highest paid quarterback in the NFL. So it's a great time to be a quarterback. And, you know, you kind of wonder now, well, who's the next big payday? It's probably Carson Wentz, who hasn't quite put the body of work together that a guy like Rodgers or Ryan has. So um, I think you feel like Rodgers, at least for a while, is going to continue to be the highest paid man in the NFL. Jeff Falconio joined me on Monday morning quarterback, a Friday edition. So let's talk about the game. Uh, Packers lost the game, but uh, they, they were leading at halftime, which I think is a little bit better represent, representation of the talent. So if we have to pick a player of the game, this is always challenging. Last week I picked a punter. I went with Aaron Jones. He didn't have a huge presence in the game, but he's, he's, it's more of a, this is going to be the guy that's going to carry the football for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, a couple things with Jones. Um, they definitely wanted to get him some work here because uh, he's going to be suspended for the first two games of, this, of the season. So, you know, give him an opportunity to... Um, just get some real work in. I think it's going to be interesting uh, because not a lot of people are talking about the run game and, and what it's going to look like. You know, Aaron Rodgers, um, I think, was at his best in 2014 when he had a reliable running game, also had a healthy offensive line. I think for this offense to work, you're going to need those two elements in place. Again, we know what Rodgers is capable of, even with a shaky offensive line or an unreliable running game, but for this offense to really click, you got to be able to show you can run the football. And it's not to say that Jamal Williams can't do it because he ended the season on a, on a really high note against Detroit, but you know Jones and Williams are different types of runners. I think Ty Montgomery, it's sort of unknown what his role is going to be. I think he's going to be a change of, pa- a change of pace, third down kind of a back. Uh, but Aaron Jones is the guy who's got some explosiveness to him, and I think that's something that w- is going to be on display uh, throughout the regular season. But it's also going to be interesting. The first two weeks of the season, I mean, those are divisional games. We expect them to be physical. 
Um, how effective are the Packers going to be running the football without Jones? We'll see, but it's good to see him get some work in last night. And hey, hey, it's Bears week now, so we're getting ready for that big Absolutely. Sunday night against the Chicago Bears. What do you, what do you know about Chicago? They, they, you know, they got the new offensive game plan. Trubisky's second year now as their, as their starting quarterback. What does that feel like in Chicago? You know, I think the biggest thing was getting some wide receivers around Trubisky. And when we saw Chicago last year in both games, I mean, they just had nothing. Uh, a wide receiver, and and so you know, bringing in a couple of free agents, they used a high draft pick on Anthony Miller, brought in uh, Allen Robinson. Uh, I think that's definitely going to help. I think Trubisky was a guy that that was definitely better the second time that we saw him. Uh, well, actually, the second the second time they played the Bears was the first time the Packers saw him. He got better as the season rolled on, but you never know with year two. I mean, the progress is not linear. Uh, you know, you want to see somebody get better year after year after year, but it doesn't always work that way. Um, so I think it'll still be a little bit bumpy. What's interesting about this matchup, and it's the same thing the Packers went through in 2015, you have a new coach, um, you have a quarterback you've only seen once, you always have that familiarity with Chicago, but it's a little bit different this year. It's not the same type of familiarity, and I think also the fact that we didn't see a whole lot from the defense this year uh, in the preseason, Green Bay's defense, and there's no question Mike Pennant definitely held back uh, from what we're going to see in the regular season. So I think there's going to be a lot of unscouted looks. I think I think the gamesmanship is going to be very interesting between Chicago and Green Bay. I do think the Bears will be a little bit better this year, but I think they're at least a year away from really being competitive. That's Jeff Falcone. He, Falcone he's joining me on Monday Morning Quarterbacks, the Friday edition. After the break, we're going to talk about the drive of the game. It's preseason. There's a couple great touchdown drives by the Green Bay Packers in the first half. That's where we're going to go next, right here on WTMJ. That's the Green Bay Packers, but the Brewers head to the nation's capital for a series against the middling Washington Nationals. The big three-game sets gets underway tonight, and our Brewers coverage starts at 5.30 right here on WTMJ. Monday morning quarterbacks, the Friday edition. I'm joined by Jeff Falconio, who's filling in for Greg Matzik. So, so Jeff, picking a drive of the game in a preseason game is is, is fairly challenging, but uh, I was impressed with the second drive, the, uh, the, the uh, drive by uh, Tim Boyle. Uh, a long drive, nice mix, and uh, eventually punched it in the end zone with Aaron Jones. That was my drive of the game. What, what was your thought? I actually think uh, the highlight we heard and the drive before uh, I thought was a solid drive because you know, that was on a fourth and goal from the one. And, you know, as we talked about, it's it's not about team play. It's about the individual uh, evaluations. And when you talk about a young quarterback, I always think, you know, getting him into situations, you know, like that where you, you catch the defense off guard, you know, it's your goal-to-go situation. Obviously, you want to punch it in and, you know, found Tanya wide open. So, I mean, it was it was just, you know, well executed and well played. And I think Tim Boyle in the second quarter, you know, definitely looked good, showed why the Packers are thinking seriously about keeping him on the 53-man roster. We know he's got an arm. He did throw a lot of interceptions in college and threw a lot of interceptions yeah, in the second night. half, too. Uh, but, you know, that's all part of the development. But I think the same thing with Kaiser. You know, throws an interception very early in the game. Okay, how do you respond to that? You know, is it hanging over your head or do you put it behind you? Put together a touchdown drive, and you know, threw a touchdown pass on another fourth down play. Um, so I think that was really encouraging to see. So what do you make of the, the backup situation? Is it Kaiser's job, or is it uh, is Tim Boyle made a name, for, a name for himself and say Mike McCarthy has a tough choice here? Uh, outside of the, the second half of last night, Boyle definitely made a name for himself, but he's squarely the number 3 quarterback if indeed he does make the 53-man roster. I, I, I don't think there was any question Kaiser was going to be the number 2 um, quarterback, not just because of the trade that they made to bring him in, uh, back in March, you know, he's younger. I think he's got higher upside. Again, some development that needs to take place there, but Brett Hundley was going to be a free agent. And, you know, we talked about this um, last night on, on Packers Preview. The thinking was that, you know, if Hundley gets pressed into service and he doesn't perform well, that's it. Green Bay has no reason to bring him back. And, and if he gets pressed into service and he plays well, 
well, surely he's going to go somewhere else because he's not going to come back to Green Bay. Is he a free agent in 2019 to compete for the number two or even number three uh, backup position? So there's really no future for Hundley and Green Bay. So I think the fact they were able to even get a sixth round pick, it's something. You know, I suppose if they kept him on the roster, it would have been nothing. So Kaiser's definitely the number two. Um, you know, the reality is I don't think it matters who the backup quarterback is. If Aaron Rodgers goes down, we know it's a totally different team. We've seen it twice now uh, in the last handful of seasons. But um, I think Kaiser made some nice throws. I think he made some questionable decisions, and that's what you can expect from a 22-year-old. Jeff Falconio joining me on Monday Morning Quarterbacks, the Friday edition. So we, you and I were talking during the break, the defense. That's always the big question mark, at least has been for the last few seasons. What is the Packers' defense going to look like? We have a new defensive coordinator, a couple new players, a young defense and a secondary that maybe has some question marks. Well, I think the the defense is you know overall going to have a different feel to it um, schematically. I know it's going to look a little bit different, but I, my opinion of the defense didn't change throughout the preseason mainly because we never really saw the full number one defensive unit out there. And number two, as we talked about, Mike Pettin has been very very vanilla with his game planning and with the blitzing, and and that's just sort of expected um, in the preseason. But once you get into the regular season, we know it's a totally different animal. Um, you know, Muhammad Wilkerson along the defensive line was already a pretty good unit. Uh, I'm excited to see what the defensive line can do. Um, inside linebacker, I think getting on Antonio Morrison in, in that trade with Indianapolis um, this week was big because there's not a lot of depth there. I think Blake Martinez knows how to get the job done, but after that, you don't have a lot of depth. You also don't have a lot of experience. So I think bringing Morrison in was key. That linebacking, that whole core is... I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. Reggie Gilbert had a nice preseason, had a nice end to the regular season. You hope that that carries over uh, into 2018. But can they get to the quarterback? And I think one thing that we saw in this preseason, especially with the young cornerbacks, talking about the secondary with the interceptions, two very big keys, obviously, are going to be getting off the field on third down, which they struggled mightily with last year, and the ability to take the ball away. And you have to have playmakers in the secondary, and it certainly looks like in, in the two rookies, they do have guys who can play. Now, again, you have to remember they're rookies. And it's then everybody gets excited. You know, they see a big play in the preseason. You start thinking about just how good this guy is going to be. But like we saw with Kevin King, at times he looked like a rookie, but at times it looked like he knew what he was doing. Of course, he didn't play a full season. So, you know, we don't even have a full idea of what Kevin King is capable of. Um, so I think you can approach this season cautiously optimistic about the defense. I do think Mike Pettin's going to do some good things. We know he comes in with a really good, really solid track record uh, on the defensive side of the ball, but we just... We just really don't know yet what it's going to look like. Jeff Falconio joining me on Monday morning, quarterbacks, the Friday edition. What what role is Tremont Williams going to play in this defense? I think he's going to play a, a fairly big role. I mean, he's definitely going to be uh, a, a part of, of the secondary. Um, I think it's more than just, okay, he's a veteran guy and you know brings in maybe a little bit of a presence. He's a guy who can still play, and he definitely made plays last year for Arizona. Now, of course... You know, he was also on a much better secondary. He's a secondary that had Tyron Matthew and Patrick Peterson, and, you know, the, the Packers aren't quite as loaded. So I don't know if you can expect the same that what he did from last year. But, you know, as we saw in the interception against Pittsburgh, I mean, he definitely can still play. And I think, again, early on when you're talking about two rookies and another guy who's, you know, hasn't even played a full 16-game um, season yet and Kevin King, Williams is definitely going to have an impact in the early part of the season. Jeff Falconio joining me on Monday Morning Quarterbacks, the Friday edition. After the break, pack stats. What was the big number that Jeff thinks stood out in that game? I'll give you mine. That's all coming up next. Monday Morning Quarterbacks right here on WTMJ. Aaron Jones, that was my player of the game. We're going to talk pack stats in a second here. This is Monday Morning Quarterbacks, the Friday edition. I'm joined by Jeff Falconio. All right, so pack stats. It's a preseason game. We, we, we deal with that, that scenario, that reality. So I'm going to go my surprise stat of the game. Punter, Scott, 52 yards average. 
Why is that a big deal? Because in the regular season, if you've got a punter that can move, move the ball down the field, change the direction of the game by field position, that's why it's important. That's why it's my pack. Right, that, that's why they drafted him. Uh, you know, If you go back and look at what he did at Alabama, he only had something like five punts that were returned all of last year, which is amazing. A little bit of consternation you know, after the first two preseason games. Didn't look like he was... Uh, he was doing well in practice, but not in the game-type situations. I think these last two games, uh, I think people can feel a little bit more comfortable about what Scott is capable of. But he's a very, very good punter. And you're right. I mean, you don't really think about that, but there is a lot of hidden yardage uh, in special teams, and, and the ability to, to flip the field position is always important. All right, so Pax Stats, what do you think was the stat of the game? I think it was uh, Robert Tanya, four catches, 31 yards, and a touchdown. Now, you, good. you know, the fourth preseason game, you're right, is, is usually underwhelming, but you have to remember, I mean, there's always a half a dozen players or more who are on the bubble, who are fighting for a roster spot. And I think it wasn't really until this past week people started to realize that Tanya might make this team. You know, they, they may keep four tight ends, and they may not necessarily keep seven wide receivers. Um, where Jay Kumaro has been hurt the last two weeks, and you hate to see it, but you know if you're not on the field, you're obviously not helping your case. Who steps up, you know, in, in the absence of a guy like that? And granted, it's a tight end that we're talking about here, but you know, it may end up being four tight ends instead of seven wide receivers. So, what do you think on Jay Kumaro? Is it going to look good? Is he going to make this squad or not? I don't think he is. Uh, you know, as, as Mike McCarthy likes to say, and it's my favorite Mike McCarthyism, the player's best ability is his availability. And you know, for as good as he looked in the first two preseason games, to not be out there. In the final two, not only, as I mentioned, it hurts your case, but it, it gives opportunities for others to make their case as well. And I think it was going to be tough having seven wide receivers on the roster. Even six, I think, is, is going to be a lot, but I think that's what the number is going to be. And um, I just don't know that there's room for him on this team. Jeff Falconio, Steve Scafidi, talking Monday morning quarterbacks right here on WTMJ. So the regular season is uh, just a week or so away. Sunday nighter against the Chicago Bears. And if you want to weigh in, you can jump in 414-799-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's always an exciting game, the home opener. But mm-hmm. uh, when you have the Chicago Bears coming to town, that game is always ramped up. A lot of energy, a lot of rivalry built into the history of those two franchises. What are your expectations for that game Sunday night? Well, I think... Um Number one is is how good is Aaron Rodgers going to look? And I think back to last year when he came back in that Carolina game, you know, he was just not the same Aaron Rodgers because he had been out for so long and there was just a, you know, there's a timing and, and just a chemistry to that offense. And, of course, you don't have Jordy Nelson, and, you know, he was always a part of that. And while Nelson's production, especially at the end of last year, definitely dropped off, I never, I did never had a problem with them letting Nelson go. Um, At the cost, but, it, would, it would have been a lot of money. Exactly. And and part of it is because he just was never quite the same player that he was, especially after the, the ACL injury in 2015. Uh, how will Rodgers look without Jordy Nelson? And, you know, we saw a little bit of Jimmy Graham. And, you know, obviously we expect him to play a big role in the offense, but how exactly is that going to look? And, you know, like I mentioned, if you have a healthy offensive line, if you have a somewhat reliable running game, this offense can be very dangerous and can be very scary. And you've got a very good test here because we know this about the Bears. They are pretty good on defense. So uh, I'm just looking at what kind of Aaron Rodgers are we going to see next Sunday night. So he's coming off a collarbone injury. That's always a concern. He says he's ready to go. I'm, and knowing Aaron, I, I believe him. But when you look at a team like the Packers, it's about injuries. And, and the last couple of years, they've really had some serious injuries that affected both their offense and their defense. There's a lot of optimism with this team. It's a it's a division that they can certainly uh, that they can certainly win. But you got Minnesota, you mm-hmm. got Detroit, you got Chicago. They're all tough, home or away. Expectations for the season for the Packers. Uh, I do think you know they're they're going to get back to being in that spot where they can win 10, 11 games. I think they'll they'll certainly compete for a playoff spot. And, I, and you know if enough goes their way, 
I think they can certainly win the division. I do think Minnesota is, is the team to beat, uh, to be sure, but I don't think they will repeat what they did last year. I think the Vikings will probably be more like about an 11-win team. So the question is, can the Packers win at least 11? I think that's certainly a possibility, but I expect it to be really competitive. I mean, Detroit was a 9-win team last year. I think they take a little bit of a step backwards, but they've been a handful for the Packers going back to 2015. And you know, we mentioned the Bears are, are improving. Again, I think they're, they're not quite there yet. And it's also a very competitive NFC. Um, you got the Eagles in the East. You've got you know three playoff teams that were in the South last year. The LA Rams, who we'll see on the schedule, you know, are definitely for real. Um, you know, a 49ers team that played really well at the end of the season. We'll see them at Lambeau Field in the middle of October. So it's a tough schedule. It's a very tough NFC. I, I think it's negotiable here um, for the Packers, but health is going to be a big part of it. Certainly, Rodgers. That's the obvious part of it. But I look at that offensive line. Uh, especially the two tackles. If if they miss any amount of time this season, especially if it's a significant amount of time, that is going to be a little bit hairy, to be sure. Uh, one of the texters asked, "Will Vince Beagle make the team?" I think he will. Um, you know, that was definitely a guy that was on the bubble. I think it was interesting some of the chatter coming out of Green Bay the last couple of weeks. It sounded like you know maybe Mike Pettin isn't totally convinced with Beagle, but I think in fairness to him, I mean, this was his first training camp. You know, he was on the pup list last year and. You know, sometimes when you have a guy who hasn't even been able to get a full 16 games under his belt, you feel like, well, do you really want to let him go this early? I mean, a fourth-round pick, I think he can still make some plays, and I, I still think they're going to keep five outside linebackers. And again, you want as many bodies out there as you can because you're trying to figure out not only can Matthews and Perry on that outside, can they stay healthy, but who can get to the quarterback? Who can make plays? Again, we don't know. Where's the pressure going to come from? Can you get to the quarterback? And I think it's got to be all hands on deck. That's Monday morning quarterbacks. That's Jeff Falcone. Fal- <laughs> Jeff Falcone. Italian name, and I'm still screwing it up. Always tough to pronounce. Jeff Falconio, Steve Scafidi, Monday morning quarterbacks. We do it after every game of the season, preseason or otherwise, even in playoffs. We'll do it again after the Bears game, the Sunday nighter when the, when the season kicks off for good. That's Steve Scafidi, WTMJ. Happy Friday, everybody.